Venus, your source for fun, sexy style, is celebrating the fall fashion season during the annual Venus Fashion Week event. Just in time for cooler weather, Venus's new fall collection has arrived, and now's the perfect time to get amazing deals on new styles that look great at home or out on the town. For a limited time only, shop hundreds of new fall styles and get $20 off instantly, plus free shipping when you spend $100 or more. Visit Venus.com or download the Venus app and use the promo code PUMPKIN to save during Venus Fashion Week. Welcome to Courtney Beyond the Cake, stories that inspire, uplift, and fill your soul with joy, much like cake. You may remember today's guest from Fox 13, So You Think You Can Dance, when she and her husband both made it on the show, and not only that, they both made it to the finals. Since then, Ashley DeLello has traveled the world as a professional dancer, appearing on Broadway, Dancing with the Stars, and The Ellen DeGeneres Show. But life wasn't always spotlights and cameras for Ashley. In fact, dancing was completely taken away from her, not once, but twice. At age 13, Ashley was suddenly faced with a life-threatening illness and was told she wouldn't survive past her teenage years. Her determination, resilience, and faith proved doctors wrong, and by 19, Ashley was on the dance floors again and became a nationally recognized name. Unfortunately, much of what Ashley experienced as a teen was something she faced yet again as an adult. But against all odds, Ashley persevered and overcame what doctors said was the impossible. And her mission in life now is to help others do the same. In today's episode, Ashley talks about her 20-year journey of chronic illness and pain, how dance helped save her even when she couldn't get out of bed, and how she discovered that in order to fully heal the body, you also have to treat the brain. She is the creator of Bioemotional Healing, multiple courses and coaching programs, including the Food Freedom Revolution and Turning Pain into Purpose. And she's the host of a new podcast, Body Freedom Radio, available now on all podcast platforms. Welcome back, friends, to Courtney Beyond the Cake. I am thrilled to have my friend Ashley DeLillo. Did I say, am I saying yes, the last yes, name right? Yes. Okay. D, D, like the letter D and yes. DeLillo. So yes, you did great. You may recognize this name as I did, as I do from So You Think You Can Dance. How many years ago? Gosh, now, now it's been 11 years was this it really? fall. Yes. It, I feel like I yes. was watching you on Fox like yesterday. Oh my gosh. It, well, just saying that out loud is <laughs> mind boggling. Yes. It was in 2009. And you guys were a big deal. And I say you guys, because you and your husband, Ryan, you were the first married couple to like try out and to make it right. Yes. And still sense um, in all the seasons for us both, you know, because we had to make it separately. Yes. And uh, which is quite a challenge with only 10 spots for girls and 10 for boys. So that was amazing. I mean, the highest of highs yes. and also double the stress in terms <laughs> of also being nervous for him. And, you know, but oh, my gosh, I such an incredible experience to share. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about that experience? And then we have so much more about your journey before. Yeah. So you think you can dance and after that I want to cover as well that I think a lot of people do not know. And I think is going to inspire and enlighten so many people. But first let's talk about being on TV, being on a huge show. First of all, tell us like, how did the tryouts come about? Like you and Ryan had graduated, you had career paths that you were planning, huge future in in business and then dancing with, (laughs) so you think you can dance. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we had obviously danced our whole lives, um, trained in that, competed, but we had different educations. I studied political science and history. My husband studied business and PR. And um, we had just gotten back from traveling two years doing a show and he was working for a financial firm. I was studying to go back to grad school and we saw, and it just wasn't feeling right. Mm-hmm. We're like we still have these talents that you have such a limited time frame mm-hmm. to use. Um, different than singers, right? You can do that. But dancers, athletes have just this time frame. And we saw a commercial that So You Think You Can Dance was having auditions literally in like a few weeks. And we're like, let's do it. You know, why not? <laughs> you know, um, it, and obviously that was the right decision. It opened yeah. up a lot of doors. Um, it was crazy. Um, 
you know, we auditioned initially together, mm-hmm. but then the rest of the whole process was separate. Yeah. Um, and in fact, they wouldn't even let us dance together because they said it, we had an unfair advantage because we were professional partners, even though that doesn't <laughs> automatically go over into other styles of dance as yeah. we were ballroom dancers. But, um, you know, it, there was so much behind the scenes too. Mm-hmm of them manipulating what was happening to add. <laughs> no, are you serious? Yes, I know. <laughs> um, drama, you know, in fact, they, I don't know if people remember it was so long ago, but they, and I can say this now, yeah. it's been long enough. They essentially made up this whole story about how I didn't make the show. And then the spot opened. Okay, girl, this sounds vaguely this familiar. Now? Like I yeah. remember Ryan getting yes. on like immediately and there was, Yes, that there was some drama. Yes. Oh my gosh. All made up. (laughs) I can say now it's been long enough because the drama, right? They held Ryan, um, Karen, who's a dear friend, and we were on Broadway together. They brought her and she was supposedly the last spot. So Ryan was obviously so sad. I knew I had made it, but they were holding me back um, because they do that whole then, you know, this right. was like when the seasons were all normal and yeah. been changed since. But I was like, you're putting my husband through all this grief. So he didn't know. He thought I didn't make it. Oh my gosh. Because the way that they did it, where we go to the top 40 and they're taking it to the top 20 yeah. and they called it the green mile and you mm-hmm. go, the way that they did the numbers, it made it look like there was one girl spot left and Karen came and anyway, so they put Ryan through that. <laughs> Poor Ryan. Holding me back, but it created great television. Oh, it did. Right? Yeah, drama, the suspense <laughs> of it. Absolutely. Yes. And then I came through and, you know, I made it too. And of course, it, I mean, it, it was so genuine reaction because I was trying to not be frustrated. Mm-hmm. I will be totally honest yeah. because I was also just so elated. And you understand, I mean, when you're on TV in a show, you have to sign this really extensive contract mm-hmm. that literally I had to close my eyes to sign it because it says in there they can manipulate and project you any way they want. Wow. I mean, obviously you have control over what the words that come out of your mouth and yeah. how you act. But, but they can edit it. Yes, and they're masterful. I, I was on the other side of this, really? not specifically on your show, but other shows like it when I was yeah. doing consulting. And we would be testing the show and knowing how producers would uh, paint a picture or a character and also give them the feedback on certain characters or actors, you know, mm-hmm. about like, this is where you should go with that character. How can, and, and some of them actually too, were already taped like a full season. So then if we got feedback from viewers that let's say they say, well, Ashley, she's just ho-hum, we need some more drama. They would go back and look at all your footage and re-edit it so that you had more drama in right. your storyline. Isn't that, I mean, it's, it's a little so wild. you've seen it. It's mm-hmm. wild. And that's what I realized. Like, I have to be on my toes at all times because yeah. I might be telling another story that makes me look mad and they could edit that when my husband is doing a sensual dance with his partner to make me look jealous. Like literally they're masterful at that. Um, I feel like your season with Ryan, from what I remember, so correct me if I'm wrong, they really did highlight you though, as a great couple as a team that supported each other that was you know you would be off stage watching him dance and vice versa I'm you guys I'm a super fan of so you think you can dance so I totally watched all this uh so from a viewer's perspective I felt like it was so cool to see the two of you a married couple on the show competing supporting and I felt like they maybe after that first part like painted you in just a really great light. You know, they did try at the beginning to kind of, does that make you jealous? You know, um, though my husband wasn't really jealous of my partnership because Jacob, my partner, who is like family to me, was, was gay. So there was nothing to be (laughs) jealous between us. Um, but I think they realized really quick, like they're, they're better story. They're not going to get one of the other Mm -hmm. because we're professional partners. We understand it's acting. We don't have that there. Your better story is going to be to actually just really reveal the truth, which is that we do love each other and support each other in this journey. So I was really glad and grateful. And they, they did do that, which 
um, was great. And I think they just surrendered to the actual truth and mm-hmm. the fact that people wanted to see that too. We see yeah. enough on TV, the opposite. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So no, it turned out, um, to be amazing. I mean, I had not, I love but this great... backstory, by the way, you guys, <laughs> we're getting like inside <laughs> scoop. This is so fun. Okay. What happened after the show? Okay. So obviously it opened a lot of doors. We were able to both go to the finale, um, which was also dramatic uh, because I dislocated my shoulder mm-hmm. in the semifinals and they wouldn't let me dance. And my husband asked everyone to vote for me and not him, which that's my husband. Yeah. Um, great television again though, but not created. That's just genuinely him. Yeah. And we got to dance together in the finale finally, which was just amazing. In fact, we did a contemporary team with Travis Wall, which everybody oh, I loves. I love him. Yeah. Um, but then they let us choreograph a ballroom routine, which they asked us the night before. Oh no. Live filming. We'd been dancing three and a half hours, like 15 hours a day. <laughs> we went to a studio at like 10 30 at night. We were shaking because our bodies were so depleted, but like you, it's amazing what you can do when it's a once in a lifetime yeah. opportunity. And the adrenaline right? is pumping. And- but if you watch that jive routine, no, we literally did that the night. I'm gonna go look before. it up. <laughs> yeah, um, which is was amazing though. But that opened up. We went and headlined the Broadway show, Burn the Floor, mm-hmm. um, and we did it here in the tour here, and then we did it in West End in London, oh. and it was amazing. And um, then we went back to LA and did film and TV there. We've done appearances with Dancing with the Stars, and yeah. um, you know it was great. It opened up a lot of doors until you know, I got pregnant and we wanted to start our family and step away from that, um, which obviously physically isn't possible when you're pregnant and and starting a family because we essentially were always traveling, Mm -hmm. which is great for the time frame. Yeah. It's hard though to establish a family and a home when you're doing that. Let's talk about your home life growing up. What, I mean, were you dancing from the day you were born? Like, what was that like? That's what my mom says. Um, (laughs) I, as soon as I could walk, I wanted to dance. Um, but I started like five hours a day when I was seven, Yeah, which to me now is crazy because my daughter's six and I can't Mm -hmm. fathom but that was, it was all self-driven. Okay. I was just going to yeah. ask you, sometimes you see it from the parents. Sure. But I have a friend whose daughter is being in the gym uh, as a gymnast is her life. Like that's yeah. where she just thrives and she's so happy. And so why wouldn't her mom support. give her more hours and support that? Yeah. And I was, I asked, um, I danced all through my summers. I remember my parents asking if I wanted to take a break mm-hmm. and, and genuinely looking at them and saying, Why? Like, I don't, I was, it it wasn't work to me. It was Mm -hmm. love. It was my passion just to push my excellence, but I loved it. So it was hard work, but not work because I loved Mm it. Um, and then of course I lost it. Yeah. So Um, how old were you when you got sick? And tell us about this. I was only 13. Um, I went literally five hours a day dancing to overnight waking up pain in every joint and muscle, hardly able to move, like 103 degree temperature, just like the epitome of health, mm-hmm. no warnings, um, and then fighting for my life. And that first year when I was 13, because we nobody could figure me out. I was a mystery. So I was constantly getting tests and scans and blood work. And it was, my body was shutting down. I was clearly fighting something, Mm -hmm. but all my tests were perfect. My scans were perfect. What? Yeah. It was crazy. It was crazy. I always refer people. I mean, it's older now, but the show house that was Mm -hmm. on Fox, I was like one of those patients that clearly was dying, but nothing was showing up. I mean, they knew I was fighting some type of rare virus, Uh but no idea what it was. So how do you even fight that? Or how do you treat that if you don't know what it is? I couldn't. That was the hard thing. I literally would pray before tests, even for cancer or tumors or whatever it would be, that it would be positive because then I had a game plan, at Mm -hmm. least knew what was on the other side of making me so sick. And then we could, you know, and I had misdiagnoses along the way Mm -hmm. because you know, so many things overlap within being sick and, mm-hmm. and symptomology. And, you know, those were hard because we treat with aggressive, 
you know, drugs sometimes, and then I didn't have it. And so it would have its own ramifications. And, you know, people were just, you know, essentially trying to save me, but I, we did get to a point where I was essentially sent home to die. Um, how old were you at this point? How long had it been going on? Okay. So full year uh-huh. yeah. you're fighting for your life yeah. with no answers, no, no answers. idea what's going on. Yeah. And, uh, I kept that first year I kept trying to dance and I would go in and out. And then I had my one last ballroom competition where essentially my partner had to practically carry me off the floor. Ugh. And that was the last day I danced for like six years, six yeah. years. Yeah. When that was like basically nothing but what you were doing right. from so, seven to 13. Yes. So I lost, um, I lost life, school, friends, you know, in terms of being able to be a teenager, but I lost something that felt who I was, what I was born to do, um, you know, a deep loss, you know, that you can't really describe unless someone loves something so much that it's like the air they breathe. And uh, they they told me that I would never dance again. You know, they told me I wouldn't live past my teenage years. So it... 13, 14, I mean, 14, after a year fighting this, you come home and they're like, we don't know what to do. Good luck. Yeah. What's going through your young teenage head? Yeah. Um, I'm really grateful. I was born very stubborn. (laughs) You can ask my husband about that. Um, (laughs) But my mother too. And I remember the day they looked at me and just told me I needed to come to terms with my, this reality. Right. And I looked up at them and I said, I don't accept this. And they actually sent in a psychologist to talk to me <laughs> um, because they just obviously felt I wasn't living in my reality. Right. Yeah. And I told them, well, listen, I have two options. Um, I can accept this and then I know there's no way I will live. Mm-hmm. Right. And I understood then, which is what the work I do now with the mind-body connection and neuroscience mm-hmm. and healing, which is crazy that... Instinctively, I knew then that the moment I gave up in my mind, my body didn't have a chance. So I told them, I'm not going to accept it because then I will die. Mm -hmm. So I can put all my efforts into not dying or I can put all my efforts, energy, attention, focus into living. Mm -hmm. And if I do die, I'm going out fighting. Yeah. Right. But I'm not walking out of here saying I'm going to die. So my mom and I... uh, to search for her answers. And back then, you know, that was 23 years ago. Yeah. Uh, functional medicine, all the other alternatives weren't really like they are now, mm-hmm. um, even understood. We had to search and I come from a medical family, but it was anything to, you know, we were saving my life. Um, so essentially everything you could possibly do to support your immune system into fighting this virus and this a rare parasitic infection we later found I also had, um, we did. And it was long. I went from not being able to, I got so sick I couldn't even lift a finger um, or speak some days. Um, I, I I, I know what it's like to feel like you're dead, but still being here. My body would ache to just lay still. Like it hurt to have energy to breathe. Yeah. Um, to then being able to walk from my bed to the bathroom, to one house down, you know, a few to around the block, um, to, you know, that's why it was so miraculous. And obviously that's a, it's a long story in of itself, but to go from not being able to lift a finger to, you know, dancing 15 hours a day on television after also you would have never known being out of dance through what is supposedly your most important years as Mm -hmm. any professional athlete through your teenage that's the developmental right Mm -hmm. it's like too late if you're 19 and starting right so for six years you are just trying to figure out how to heal yeah and what did bring you back so four and a half years was like the between life and death, the, the sixth, another year and a half was me building strength back up to try to dance again. Okay. Right? Cause it take, it t- took a lot of strength. I didn't have who, what doctor, or when did you actually figure out like what was going on and be able to determine a treatment? Yeah, it took, it was about two and a half years in, mm-hmm. and then it took another two years to get out of that life or death. He lived in Colorado. I've never met someone so brilliant in understanding the body, but, um, alternative medicine, nutrition, supplements, food, homeopathy, 
and the mind body connection, which I now understand so much more. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll talk me, about more in a little saved bit. Saved me. Um, I literally had nights I wouldn't go to sleep because I was afraid if I surrendered all control to my body, I wouldn't wake up. Mm-hmm. And that's when I really started to really understand how, how powerful the mind was in willing mm-hmm. um, yourself to live, to heal. You know, I'm really grateful as much as it hurt me to lose dance. Such a gift from God to have such a passion. Mm-hmm. I loved life. I wanted to live again, but I wanted to dance again. And yeah. to have something that was so powerful driving me and to defy all odds. Yeah. Um, what a gift to have something that I loved so much. What was it like the first time you were able to dance again in those teenage oh, years? Scary though, right? <laughs> I was 19 walking back into a dance studio. Wow. All of my friends had kept dancing five, yeah. six hours a day, right? They were champions. Um, I left at the top of my game and I was coming back, you know, um, like brand new in a turn in a sense, that's a long time. It took a lot of courage. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as I loved it, it took a lot of courage mm-hmm. to walk back in and, uh, start. And the one thing, again, going back to the mind body connection, I always kept dancing in my mind. I would go through these long scans, like three hours, you know, in an MRI or other tubes or blood work and I would dance. I would go through routines. I would go through movement and I didn't physically feel it for six years, but I mentally rehearsed. And what I understand now that I didn't then was the way that the brain works. If you just fired these wired circuits, these neurons of thought in your brain, the body doesn't know the difference. And you actually create those patterns of memory in the body without physically doing it. And I know without any doubt and with God's help that that's what allowed me to leave for six years, but come back and make up so quickly. So quickly. Because I had been practicing it mentally and my body was building those connections without physically mm-hmm. experiencing it which is just amazing that our bodies are created that way and uh and then of course my love for it but it was I mean that really does though speak to your passion that it was you couldn't physically do it but you loved it you live and you breathe dance so much like it is your soul that you would think about it all day you would think about your routines and I bet then you didn't even realize that it yeah. was happening, right? It was probably second yeah. nature. I didn't know, you know, I didn't obviously, as I teach my clients now, I didn't understand like the neuroscience principle of neuroplasticity. And I didn't understand that I was actually building these connections. It was just, instead of it being a, a disempowering thing through my whole illness of crying every time I thought about dance, yeah. I wanted it to be an empowering thing of, I will do this again. Yeah. So I don't want to, mourn the loss. I want to focus on the vision of doing the thing I love. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I would do it from an empowering standpoint to move me forward instead of disempowering to make me feel the magnitude of how much my life had changed. Right. Not that I didn't have those moments, but, um, just, yeah, it's impressive for a teenager to be able to have that perspective on outlook on here's how I'm going to fight this and being even able to say, okay, if I focus my energy here and on the positive and what I can do after this, right? Like yeah. that feels very young to have such mature perspective and outlook. It, I know it does. I, especially, um, looking back now and I, I meet 13 year olds and I'm like, I don't, I don't quite, but I, you know, it was, um, it was just, I had a choice and I'm grateful. Obviously part of my personality, uh, aligned with what needed to, I had an amazing mother, um, that just was a fighter too. And it was just this really fight or flight choice of everything has changed. I'm fighting for my life. Mm -hmm. I, I have a choice to make and I, I had to grow up yeah. really, really, really yeah, you fast. Did. And, 
and it was an everyday second to second, you know, effort. It was, it was a, but it set me up, you know, what a gift to teach me such amazing things at such a young age. Oh, absolutely. Um, Well, you were able to dance and have this incredible career again, which is a miracle of itself right there. But then dance was taken away from you again. Yeah, what I know. happened? And this was more recently. Yes, I never could have <laughs> anticipated. Four years ago, almost exactly, September two thousand. So Sophia, your daughter was about two. Yes, okay. she was two, and my husband and I were still traveling about every month, um, doing professional shows, mm-hmm. traveling back and forth to California. Um, training competitors here. I went into my second hip surgery. So I'd already had one prior okay. on my right hip, but had rehabilitated that and gone back to my career. That came from Broadway. Okay. Um, I was having my left hip now and this one failed. Uh, as soon what do you as, mean? What happened? So as soon as I tried to get off the crutches and start walking again, chronic pain just spread throughout my whole body. Um, from my hip to my back, my spine, my neck, my shoulder. Like I, it was hard to walk. Um, I suddenly couldn't hold my daughter, kneel on the ground and play with her. It was such stress throughout my whole body. It obviously caused other health issues Mm -hmm. because when you're living in that much chronic pain, I wasn't sleeping. I was a mystery again. Uh, That was the, the crazy thing is I was told, you know, cause they couldn't find any definitive answer as to like what was happening. So I was just told, well, your nervous system flipped a switch in the surgery and now you're a chronic pain patient now. Like, so you're basically back to where you were mm-hmm. when you were 13. Yeah. But, but so much worse in the sense that now I'm a mother, mm-hmm. um, I'm a business owner, I'm a wife. Like when I was a teenager, as awful as it was, I was a kid, my mom could take care of me. You know, I had much less that I was responsible yeah. for. Um, you know, I had a two-year-old that now like I couldn't hold. Like as a mother, I mean, I'll get emotional because it was just, and Sophia was hard to come. So we had her when we'd been married 10 years. So it was yeah. just like, and I was told I'd never have kids. So she was this beautiful miracle that now I couldn't show up for her as a mother. And that can we just, yeah. I can't imagine that mom guilt that you feel. And oh. how do you not in that moment? And when your child's crying and you can't pick them up and hold them, and they don't know. She was two, yeah. right? So she can't understand the complexity. And because I looked normal, right? Yeah. And that's where it's so hard for chronic pain and so many health people is if you look normal, it's it's an invisible pain and illness and and people, it's harder for people to grasp than like a cancer patient whose hair has fallen out. That's yeah. something easier to see. Um, right. And so... They, again, were telling me, like, you're just, you're a chronic pain patient now. Um, your life will never be the same. You'll never be active again. Like, you need to know dance is gone. Like, just such a crazy deja vu um, to be a mystery again. That's like the, you know, the most challenging. So we embarked, you know, I I did everything known to man. Every treatment, any type of injection, alternatively with stem cell and prolotherapy and ozone. And yeah. I've probably had like 150 plus injections the last four years um, and, and doing anything possible, rehab, going to people all over the country. And just it, then it really led me a few years ago before I found the answer, like fully, I was like, okay, I do not accept that I'm just going to be a pain patient the rest mm-hmm. of my life. I have been through too much to put such limits on the body. They said my nervous system flipped a switch. I'm going to learn how to flip it back. <laughs> so I... No big deal. I mean, no big deal. I, uh, But again, thankfully, as a teenager, I learned to not put limits mm-hmm. on the human soul or the human body. They're so intelligent. And most of the limits we put on them are, are the ones we create, right? Or the yeah. ones we accept. Mm-hmm. Not that it's not the hardest thing ever, but if you're here and time is passing anyways, again, what can I do? So I really started studying the nervous system and the brain and its connection with pain and how chronic pain creates more pain. It's just how the brain works to protect itself. And it's hard because pain is wired into all of our bodies to protect us. That's how we know what not to do if something's hurting. That's how we know to go see the doctor. 
right? So pain is a fundamental part of our bodies. And so when you have pain, it just, it gets in a bad cycle. And that's why chronic pain is so relevant Mm -hmm. and prevalent Mm -hmm. is the word I was saying. So I really started to study it and how to rewire pain. And that's what led me to the work that I do now with my clients and the same connections of figuring out how to wire pain out is the same as figuring out how to get our nervous system out of anxiety, out of the negative thought loop, Mm -hmm. out of the self-defeating, self-limiting thoughts, because the way the brain works, whatever we repeat, the brain stores it's habitual. Mm-hmm. And we have these, this thing that I mentioned, neuroplasticity, the nerve cells that fire together, wire together. So if I have pain, the more I have pain, the more pain becomes my default setting. If I have negative or anxious thoughts, the more those become the default setting and the brain just repeats them. And that's why people get so stuck and feel mm-hmm. like they can't get out of, um, whatever it may be. And, um, that led me to really studying the mind-body connection. Yeah. Okay, friends, a quick break to tell you about my latest fashion find that I am totally obsessed with right now. Orate Jewelry. I have their mini stackable diamond ring on my finger right at this moment. I actually have not taken it off since I first got it. It's a delicate gold band and it just has a like a small diamond right in the center because you know me, I'm a total minimalist when it comes to jewelry and I wear the same few pieces over and over again. And that's one of the like many reasons I love Orate because it's real gold, which means I truly don't ever have to take it off. I can shower, I can work out, I can clean and I can even make cake in it and it it doesn't turn my finger green and it just has the best quality. In fact, Orate stands behind their quality and offers a lifetime guarantee on all of their pieces. I also fell in love with Orate because they were founded by two friends who were simply sick of their fingers, their necks, their ears turning green from poor quality jewelry. I think we can all relate to that one, right? So they set out to redefine the jewelry industry and make beautiful, quality pieces that are affordable and ethically sourced. I'm so excited for you to check out their products. I know you'll fall in love and I want to give you a discount code. So for 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to A-U-R-A-T-E New York.com forward slash beyond cake and use promo code beyond cake. So again, that's 15% off your first or eight purchase. You just want to go to A-U-R-A-T-E New York.com forward slash beyond cake and use that promo code beyond cake. Okay. I'm, I'm not playing devil's advocate, but yeah. I'm playing teach me more uh, because I feel like what you're saying is that as you studied the neurosystem, the pain, Basically, you thought your way out of it. Yeah. Well, to a point. Is that right? To a point. Yes. So I never am mutually exclusive, meaning I think that's always dangerous with health. Like it's all mental. It's all emotional. It's Mm -hmm. all physical, right? The body is mind, body, soul. Like we have to address all sides. So what I was able to do, I still felt there was a structural issue that had to be fixed. I I felt it. Every step was wrong. My hip felt wrong in my body. So while I was searching for that answer, I needed to learn how to decrease the intensity of the pain I was feeling so that I could sleep, so that I could function, so that my body wasn't in fight or flight all the time because that was creating more health issues, right? Under stress, our body will manifest more problems because it can only take so much. So in some people whose pain just comes out of nowhere, they've been able to completely eradicate it by going, identifying the stressors, the deeper causes, the emotional things that add to it. Um, I, so I was able to really reduce that until I found my surgeon who's one of two surgeons in the whole world that could fix my hip. And I the one that was replaced and went back. Yeah. So it wasn't replaced. It was a, my labrum had torn and they reattached that and reshaped the femoral head. Mm -hmm. Um, essentially replacements, you know, are so standard, but my bone was healthy. So there was no reason to cut out. Um, my hip surgeon, they did a complete reconstruction of my hip capsule because I had a hole left in my hip, which you cannot see from an MRI. 
and a whole other things, but he is one of two in the whole world that can do this type of reconstruction surgery on the hip. Not that's not a replacement. Um, I mean, and it was super intense. I had that last June. It's a two year recovery, June yeah. of 2000. Um, you've got to go to Ashley's Instagram, by the way, and see videos. It's, it's hard to believe having seen you dance. And I am very good friends with your cousin. So I've known about you forever and just known the great success you've had physically in your life. You have to go watch Ashley's videos of her first steps again. And I wish we could go back in time and go look at those when you were a teenager too, because I think it just can't help but think of miracles happen still today. Right. And that's a miracle. Like, and there's so many different ways to get there, but still it's a miracle. Absolutely. Every step I take, I mean, even at the grocery store, sometimes I want to go up to people and I'm like, isn't this so cool? Like we're just walking around getting our groceries. Like, um, you know, I, I just day to day walking like to, cause for four, um, you know, for three years, every step felt wrong. And then of course post-op was a long journey. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just went on like my first hike in four years this summer and it was baby steps. Um, and you danced when I saw you again and we kind of reconnected. I I know. And I haven't even danced that much since I, cause I, a little overdid it. Um, but it's, it's baby steps. Um, it's been quite, and I just had to have another surgery on my scapula this June, this May, because, the ramifications of my hip changed my spine and affected. And that was another mystery. You had to like rework your body, not just your mind, but there was a connection there. And once you, so once you got strong enough in your mind and I, I visualize, I pray, I meditate every morning. So I'm a huge believer in that. It took me a long time to get there because I was one of those person people that my therapist six years ago had said to me, Courtney, you need to start visualizing, let's start and really wanting to work with the mind. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Psh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. You're crazy. But as I've opened my heart to that and have tried it, I see the powerful effects of it. Yeah. So I think this is incredible. Um, I will tell us what you've done since your recovery and all the new knowledge that you've taken on yeah. personally. So going back before I say that, the one thing I'll be clear is that even my surgeon, both surgeons, um, admonished that I wouldn't be progressing without what I do because there's such a long memory of pain in my nervous system. I still have to work like the surgery fixed the structural issue, mm-hmm. but I have to still reconnect those nervous system, the hypervigilance, hyperprotective. Like every of my day brain. you're working every on Every single this. day. And my hip has come such a long place, but it's taken 14 months. And my shoulder, I'm just like four months post-op, so I'm still really working on that. But that's, I want pain patients to know there's so much hope. It mm-hmm. takes longer because pain is an integral part of our bodies. So it takes a while for the brain to really trust that it doesn't need to send those pain signals to protect you. And that's a whole other discussion. But what I knew is pain patients, especially are just left. Um, Chronic pain is the most prevalent issue in our society um, more than anything else. And there's not a lot of answers because pain is invisible. It's, if it's not a clear thing on an MRI, they do not no. Yeah, how do we treat it? Right. And then it's, is it in your mind because we can't see it and it's so defeating. And I couldn't believe that with all the people I was seeing, nobody was teaching me this, that I myself had to research and pick up neuroscience journals and pain science journals and study neuroscientists that were working in the pain science world. And like, that's tragic, mm-hmm. like, and wrong. And I knew I wanted to take it upon myself because I mean, you're living in pain. I mean, there's no escape every moment of every single day. It is there. You can't sleep. Like there's no full, you know, people talk about being hundred percent present in your moment, but like when you're in pain, that's always taking something from you, you know? And so I created a program, um, first started with, with pain and health and chronic health because they're like the same. Right. Um, 
that really I figured out taking my 23 years of experience with everything I understood with neuroscience and the mind-body connection, Mm -hmm. both with surviving my illness and then now this and the surgeries and learning how to even walk again and figuring that all out. I figured that there was so much amazing information out there, but nobody had like a system of this is A, this is B, this is C. Here's your steps. Here's your steps. You know, and this this is going to address also the emotional impact of what you've gone through because it's hard to understand that complexity unless you've experienced it. Mm -hmm. And it's an eight-week program that I take my clients through. And it's, I mean, it's been so remarkable to see what they're able to accomplish and understand even that their greatest power is within, not that you shouldn't still seek your PT and do exercises and right. nutritionally and eat and supplements. And if you need surgery, you know, like, like I said, yeah, we're not we, saying get rid no, of that. You're not saying you not. don't need those other things. It's in combination yes. to make it even stronger and more uh, impactful. But if we cut the brain out of the equation, then we're leaving the root because the brain controls it all. Mm-hmm. And it's what I found is to fully heal the body. You have to treat the brain. You have to. And so then I was realizing, gosh, this is the same way, like with people who really can't get out of that negative thought loop, who are just stuck with, you know, anxiety all the time. And when I say that, I'm not saying some people don't need medicine and not seek other ways, but let's help get the brain out of those habits of anxious thoughts and the brain thinking anxious thoughts are the default mode. And people who want to do great things, but truly can't get out of those self-limiting beliefs and they self-sabotage, right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's about creating new neural pathways, the same way to get out of pain and create new healthy pathways. Let's get the brain to understand we can think differently. Yeah. And, and so then I created a separate program that's eight weeks, but more designed for people who struggle with those other aspects. Yeah. And um, it's been amazing. Um, so amazing to see people reduce pain um, that they've had for 40 years. I had a client who has fibromyalgia and she was able to completely take a pain flare to zero um, by the exercises alone we've talked about. I've had you know, women who have um, struggled with anxiety for 25 years who have done the meditation, visualizations, mm-hmm. talk therapy, but they weren't addressing the brain aspect of what's really keeping them stuck and they're, they're free you know, and, and that's, that's my whole thing is to get people free from their bodies, whether that's physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, because so many people are walking around feeling prisoners Mm -hmm. and I get that. And I want people to know that there's hope. Gosh, really glad you're the fighter that you are because you're going to be helping so many people and not just with knowledge, but with experience that you've, you've gone through personally? Well, there's a reason. Um, that's why my first coaching program is called turning pain into purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, cause there can be purpose. It's, it's definitely not easy, but there's a gift in, in the struggle, you know, if we can get to the other side of it and there's so much wisdom and light, and joy and gratitude yeah. that, that can come through the healing and, and through having to really go through hard stuff. Right. But I mean, but also at the same time, like the joy that I feel each day doing the simplest things is such a gift that I can't even describe, right. The type of joy, like on my first hike in four years, which is something that I visualized. People would think it was dancing, which I did. And I still do because I'm not dancing yet. I I do dance moves, but I'm not, right. Um, you know, because to do that with my family and be able to use my body in a way of just being in nature and active, like it's such a gift. I, it's almost anything, like a childlike oh, joy yeah. in these things, right? When we're children yeah. and we learn to ride our bike and we figure out how to do a somersault, like the joy that is there in those simple yeah. things. Why, why don't we, why don't we go back to that mindset as much as we used to? And I wish we could. I, and the, I, you can, right. It takes, I mean, and that goes into the other thing that I do with women, which is like my food freedom yeah. revolution course, because, you know, as we get older, especially as women, we're focused on what our bodies don't do 
or how they look. Mm -hmm. And of course, food is a huge part of that. And that destructive relationship we get into and we get so focused on the size of our thighs that we're not realizing we have amazing strong legs that sustain us and allow us to carry our babies and to walk every day and to run and to exercise and to just support us, Mm -hmm. you know, and the world want, you know, moves so forward towards what is wrong aesthetically. And we get caught up in that. And I know that extra, even as a professional dancer, of course, and living in Hollywood and, and we, we lose the perspective of our bodies are our greatest gift. No matter, even when I was fighting for my life, I had to come to the realization, even when I was in chronic horrific pain and every day felt like hell. If I'm being so honest, my body was still my greatest gift because it was keeping me here. It was, it wasn't fighting against me. It was fighting for me. Yeah. And if women can shift that, like your body's your gift, it's, it shows up for you every day. It's putting air in your lungs and keeping your heart breathing. Like, even though it's been my greatest adversary, right. It, Again, that shift, it's not fighting against me. It's fighting for me, you know, and my beautiful strong legs, they're not thunder thighs or whatever we want to, as women categorize, Mm -hmm. they're strong, healthy legs that are my foundation that support my life, you know, and if we can shift to that, then we can start exercising because our bodies were meant to move, not because it's this end result. Then we can start also finding better balance with our food because food is the fuel that serves this life. It doesn't have to be extreme. Yeah. It can just be a gift. So therefore there's no shame or guilt, you you know, cause people right. say that to me, like, Oh my gosh, do you ever eat sugar? Cause, um, obviously based on what I've gone through, mm-hmm. I, my nutrition has been a huge aspect, mm-hmm. but also I think you go to extreme to where you can't enjoy, right? And here I'm with the cake queen. So, (laughs) you know, and like my daughter needs to enjoy. And I've taught her like what you eat the majority of the time matters, right? Because you feel better. Absolutely. But like that, you know, slice of cake is not going to kill you or derail, you know, the the great salmon we ate at dinner or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's the shame and guilt we have wrapped around food that exactly. is really more detrimental and puts us in those, those self-destructive cycles, right? Yeah. With the diet cycle and the shame and guilt around our bodies. Oh, and- absolutely. And I think so many can relate, but I so appreciate your perspective. And it's one that I've been able to get myself to. I mean, there's moments sure. right, where the, the human, no in me, perfect. human nature gets into me and, and I don't feel that way, but I really try to, because I know that my mind is more clear and more open to the more important things that I need to be thinking about and doing in my life. And I, yes, yes to all of that. I'm just yeah. saying amen, because I agree with that so much. And I, you know, want women and men to, to feel that freedom, but also that control, Yes, right. That they have control in those aspects of their life. And, you know, so I always tell, I always (laughs) tell my clients is you are more powerful than food. Yeah. Like food serves you. And, and, and whether that's a lot of the time food that makes you feel better or it's enjoying food with your family or your birthday, but, but you're more powerful than it. Like it serves you. You don't serve you. You don't serve it. And that's where we, and it's like rewiring our brains to, again, just what you said, really appreciate our bodies as a gift. And then once we have that new focus and perspective, it is. It is fueling our body so that we can go for a walk and mm-hmm. feel good without being out of breath or recover from a surgery without it taking twice as yeah. long as it should. And and just taking care of the gift that we were given. Mm-hmm. And then you can have one slice of cake yeah. instead of three. Exactly. Right? And then be done yeah. and enjoy it. And, and you appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yes. You work down all the things. Oh my gosh, Ashley, I feel like we could talk forever. I love so much what you're doing and your story is just remarkable in so many ways. Thank you for taking your pain and your trial and now using that to inspire and help other people. Cause that's a lot. That is your, your, your mission, your goal. Now tell us where we can follow along, where we can find more information and keep up on your journey and everything that you're doing and how we can learn from you. Okay. So you can go to my website, ashleydlello.com. 
um, that speaks about my process, which is called bioemotional healing and my two coaching programs. Um, I also have the foodfreedomrevolution.com 30-day course um, to really heal your relationship with food. This isn't a diet. It's to heal your relationship with food during COVID because there's been extra stress and emotional eating. So it's normally a $300 course I'm offering for $10. Stop it. Yeah. What? Yeah, right now. (laughs) Um, Because... I know that it's been more prevalent. People who necessarily so didn't really struggle nice. with food are really struggling because yeah. of the uncertainty. Yeah. It's just a crazy stress, time. Being stuck at yeah. home. Yeah. You know, so I just, I want people to not have that. Um, so you can find that at foodfreedomrevolution.com. $10, 30 day course. I walk you through every single step. Um, really what I did to heal my relationship with food. Cause that's a whole other aspect yeah. of my journey of being so restrictive right. during my illness and then wanting to feel free to eat whatever. I mean, I had my own, that had its own issues, um, yeah. which is why it also brought me to that course. And then I actually started a podcast. Ah, yeah, it's such a baby. There's, it's coming though. Okay, tell us, tell us. And that is um, Body Freedom Radio. Okay. So I'm so excited. We're going to talk all things with the body, but that is also like I said, to get free from whether it's physical, mental, yeah. or emotional. And that'll just be free information, you guys. Yes. So we have to listen yes. to that. That is going to be I'm going to have you on it. We oh, were, right. yes. um, I'm excited about that. I would that. love that. Um, I think a really different aspect of body freedom that isn't being uh, targeted. And of course, we're going to bring in the whole mind-body connection yeah. and share those tools along the way. Okay. All right. Is that launched yet? You said, yeah, no. okay. It is. Okay. But yes. It's it's starting. So yes. don't go and expect tons, but it's launched. Hey, it's they, they're here with me and you right now, yeah. they know that there's like still a starting I point. Know. Cause I feel like I am the same way. And I'm so grateful for every single listener, even if it's just one on the one particular day, cause I see those numbers and they mean so much to yeah. me. So we will hundred percent show our support and go listen and download and, and make sure that you are just feeling all the love over there. That's so exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm, I'm really, I'm really excited about it. One more thing, but, um, really want to get, you know, the information out in a, in a free way that you can't with social media. And obviously I'm on social media with Ashley D. Lolo, but this allows me to obviously go a lot more in depth. Absolutely. So I'm excited. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for being here with us today. You guys, this was a really great episode. I appreciate everything you had to say today. Thank you for having me. You're amazing. What you've accomplished is just unbelievable and not to be diminished at all. So so it's my honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you friends. I'll see you next week for another episode of Courtney beyond the cake. Thanks friends for tuning in today for show notes and other episodes of Courtney beyond the cake, head to cakebycourtney.com forward slash podcast. And for all things cake, remember, you can find me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Cake by Courtney. And for all my recipes, products, information about my online classes, just head to cakebycourtney.com. Celebrate Venus Fashion Week and discover new, fun, sexy fall styles while saving at Venus. For a limited time, only use the promo code PUMPKIN and get $20 off instantly when you spend $100 or more. Visit venus.com and use the promo code PUMPKIN to save during Venus Fashion Week. Celebrate Venus Fashion Week and discover new, fun, sexy fall styles while saving at Venus. For a limited time, only use the promo code PUMPKIN and get $20 off instantly when you spend $100 or more. Visit venus.com and use the promo code PUMPKIN to save during Venus Fashion Week.